Good morning, everyone. You're listening to today's news on Morning Mixtape. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, and I'm your host, Gabriel Hilti, reporting for CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are the top stories this morning. First up, a Canadian woman is now confirmed to have died after two women were pushed from a castle viewpoint in Germany. Next, the United States Supreme Court continues to be plagued with ethics scandals as a report details that Justice Samuel Alito did not declare gifts from a billionaire who had a case in front of the court. Finally, with the Toronto by-election for mayor less than a week away, the details on how the winner of the race will have implications for the future of Ontario Place, which is currently at the centre of a controversial redevelopment plan. Then, we'll hear some feel-good stories from Justina in her Good News segment, and after, the show rounds off with the weather outlook for the day. Looking at the headlines, a Canadian woman is confirmed to have died after two women were attacked at a popular tourist attraction castle in Germany last week. Reported in Global News and other outlets, Global Affairs Canada has confirmed the death of a Canadian citizen in Germany. German police said that two women were pushed off a cliff at the famous Neuschwanstein Castle on June 14th. An American man has been arrested in connection to the attack. The two victims were identified by relatives as 21-year-old Eva Liu and her friend 22-year-old Kelsey Chang, who survived the attack. Both women had graduated in May with computer degrees from the University of Illinois. Chang was released from a hospital on Sunday and flew back to her family in the United States on Tuesday. German authorities say that the two tourists were hiking near the castle when they were approached by a 30-year-old American from Michigan. The man allegedly lured them onto a path leading to a viewpoint where he proceeded to attack Liu. As Chang attempted to intervene, the man threw her off the cliff and she fell almost 50 meters. The man then attempted to sexually assault Liu before throwing her off the cliff as well, with Liu later dying in the hospital after the women were found by a mountain rescue team. Police arrested the man shortly after he fled the scene, and he is now suspected of murder, attempted murder, and a sexual offense. Global Affairs Canada has not released any more information on the identity of the victim and is currently looking for more information in connection to the case. In international news, the United States Supreme Court is facing its latest ethics scandal, as a new report details that Justice Samuel Alito did not declare gifts from a billionaire who had cases in front of the nation's highest court. Reported by ProPublica and covered in other outlets, right-wing Justice Alito accepted a flight on a private jet owned by billionaire Paul Singer to a luxury Alaska fishing trip hosted by another conservative businessman in 2008. Alito then did not declare the gifts and did not recuse himself when Singer had multiple cases in front of the court, including the resolution of a decade-long battle between a hedge fund owned by Singer and the nation of Argentina in 2014. The Supreme Court justices, including Alito, ruled in favor of Singer's hedge fund in a 7-to-1 ruling, with the fund ultimately being paid $2.4 billion. According to ethics law experts, Alito appears to have violated federal laws which require all federal justices to declare most gifts received. Supreme Court justices in the U.S. effectively govern themselves, including on ethical issues such as the acceptance and declaration of gifts. Justice Alito published an opinion piece in the Washington Post on Tuesday, shortly before the ProPublica report on his trip was published. Titled, quote, ProPublica misleads its readers, quote, the Associate Supreme Court Justice said 
that he only recalled talking to Singer on a handful of occasions for small talk and took the private jet flight on what would have otherwise been an empty seat on the plane. In the op-ed, Alito disputes the report's findings, stating that he does not think he should have recused himself or declared the flight and accommodation as gifts. This latest story comes after previous reports by ProPublica and other publications on ethics scandals involving U.S. Supreme Court justices, including a relationship between Justice Clarence Thomas and Republican megadonor Harlan Crow, which also included undisclosed international travel, tuition payments, and a real estate purchase. In local news, the by-election for the next mayor of Toronto is coming up on Monday, June 26th. The winner will have an impact on the future of Ontario Place, which is currently in the middle of a controversial redevelopment plan. Reported in CP24 and other outlets, the province, led by the conservative Ford government, plans to redevelop what it calls an underused space, with a private spa, partly funded by taxpayer money, along with the relocation of the Ontario Science Centre from its current home into a smaller space on the waterfront. With the city owning some of the land needed to redevelop the site, candidates for Mayor of Toronto have varying positions on the future of Ontario Place. Current frontrunner in the polls, Olivia Chow, says that Ontario Place should remain a public space and that she opposes the spa and moving the Science Centre. Other candidates, including Josh Matlow and Mitzi Hunter, have also voiced their opposition to the construction of a spa and the moving of the Science Centre. Candidate Anna Bailao supports the relocation of the Science Centre to build housing, but opposes subsidizing a new spa with public funds. Candidate Mark Saunders, who is a former provincial consultant on the redevelopment of Ontario Place, stresses the need for economic activity at Ontario Place and supports the relocation of the Science Centre. The provincial government has said that it won't let municipalities stand in the way of a provincial redevelopment plan, and Premier Ford has vowed to work with whoever wins the election. Election day is this coming Monday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. More information on candidates and your nearest polling location can be found on toronto.ca forward slash election. Switching from the headlines to our daily segment, here's Justina with the feel-good stories in our good news segment. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's Good News segment. My name is Justina, and each week I'm going to be sharing a piece of uplifting news to add some positivity to your week. As wildfires continue to rage across eastern and western Canada, many have been left with grim news as thousands of Canadians evacuate their homes. Many more have faced poor air quality, which has most dramatically been seen by the orange murky landscapes in New York City. However, in a more optimistic light, I'd like to share some good news about how advances in firefighting technology are helping to improve how wildfires are detected and stopped. According to a recent article published by the Good News Network, a new firefighting drone in Portugal is currently being tested to contain wildfires faster before they become megafires. This research comes from one of Europe's technical centers for firefighting research. The nimble drone being developed can carry a fire hose. On either side, it will have a pair of symmetrical jets to keep the craft steady and balanced as it hovers above the flames. The device, made primarily of carbon fiber, is controlled by a drone operator from behind a fire truck. The drone can swoop in and out of places on mountainsides and areas where bulky automobiles and fire professionals can't get. Although it's limited in range due to the length of its hoses, it is designed to be user-friendly and as light as possible. The device took four years to manufacture at the University of Coimbra's Forest Fire Research Laboratory. 
This type of drone could be critical in combating small fires before they become large blazes. It is also ideal for fires that are too dangerous to approach. The firefighting drone won't replace conventional firefighting equipment, such as manned helicopters or water bomber aircrafts. It's still at its early stage and has only been used on a test fire. As more droughts and heat waves leave forests around the world are vulnerable to uncontrolled fires, the need for technology is growing. According to the BBC, thermal vision cameras that attach to headgear help firefighters see through smokes and flames. Artificial intelligence is also becoming an important tool for firefighters in scanning forest reserves and creating a picture of wind conditions. Experts are already working on ways to combine satellite data on vegetation conditions and drone observations to model how fires will progress and evolve in real time. The future of firefighting is evolving as wildfires grow larger and unpredictably in a changing climate. High-tech solutions like drones, robots, and satellites represent a positive impact experts are making in managing wildfire seasons, eliminating the risk for firefighters and keeping communities safe. The best defense is always to prevent megafires from happening in the first place. But as technology becomes more sophisticated, it offers opportunities for firefighters to get the upper hand in controlling these dangerous blazes. Well, that's all the good news I have for today. I'm Justina, reporting for CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Thanks for listening. Taking a look at today's weather, the skies are clear and the sun is out, with temperatures going up to a high of 25. The UV index is very high at 8 or above, and the air quality will be low risk. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening to Morning Lakes Tape News, with the day's top headlines and stories packed into a short format. For CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm your host, Gabriel Hilty.